Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hi, my name is Murat Fudim. I'm a cardiologist at Duke University in Durham, North Carolina. And the topic of this presentation is uh, real-world eligibility for Resuguad according to trial guideline and labeling eligibility criteria. This is from the Swedish uh, Heart Failure Registry and was recently presented at ESC by Savarez and colleagues. So I'll just get going right into the presentation itself. And, uh, you know, the problem at hand is that heart failure reduced ejection fraction has seen a lot of gains in the improvement of morbidity mortality, but the residual risk on heart failure hospitalization and death remains quite significant. So to date, we are treating patients with heart failure with reduced ejection fraction with what we call four pillars, you know, the ARNIs, beta blockers, MRAs, SGLT2s. Having said that, in the United States and in Europe, we also have now uh, the approval for the drug Verisuguat. And that's the topic of the day today. Verisuguat is a soluble guanacyclase stimulator. Well, what, what is that? Well, in heart failure, as in some other conditions, uh, the endothelium, the inner lining of the vasculature of arteries and veins, secretes endogenous NO. NO is uh, nitric oxide. This gas is then actually stimulating the uh, guanacyclase cyclase to produce CGMP. And CGMP has many, many roles and functions in the body, including being a vasodilator, has some diuretic properties to it, et cetera, et cetera. So now when you have heart failure, you actually have an insufficient amount of the endogenous NO. You don't produce enough of it, so you do not generate through the guanacyclase cyclase GMP. And thus, the Verisuguat stimulates directly that cascade, bypasses the need for a no, and thus uh, Verisuguat could have, which has the stimulator function, could increase CGMP production in the human body, improve vascular function, myocardial function, et cetera, et cetera. So Verisuguat was tested in a Victoria trial, which was a large, one of the largest heart failure trials done to date on top of those four drug pillars and found that there was a reduction in heart failure hospitalization and death when used compared to placebo. So that then led to the approval of this agent uh, in the United States, specifically uh, earlier this year. So what the investigators from Sweden did, and uh, that's part of that Swedish registry, they said, well, what is the real world eligibility for this agent in this population-wide registry. And what they've done is this, uh, they took 41,000 plus patients with heart failure reduced ejection fraction over the last decade. And they uh, compared two specific scenarios. One scenario was, as it is currently labeled in the guidelines, you know, you need to have a heart failure duration of greater than six months. You're ideally already on optimal medical therapy. You have still symptomatic heart failure and you had a heart failure hospitalization within the recent uh, six months. The other criteria were the trial scenario. The trial scenario is where you add on additional criteria, inclusion, exclusion criteria, but the key exclusion uh, criterion is that if your BNP, the brain arterial peptide, is too low, you really wanted to have a thousand or greater in patients in sinus rhythm. So that was the second set of criteria they applied. And then they looked at endpoints such as CV death and hospitalizations for heart failure, CV death, non-CV death, and heart failure hospitalizations. So no surprises there. But so when they looked at the eligibility, what they found is that the overall eligibility for patients with heart failure and reduced ejection fraction was relatively 
low. I mean, maybe surprisingly low, particularly when you apply the trial scenarios. Of course, remember, trial scenarios are very intentionally narrowing down the population. So you generate the, the you know, in a relatively homogeneous population, the best possible outcome. So there, the eligibility was 12.4%. And this uh, population of Swedes. And then if you applied the guideline or the label indication, they found eligibility of all patients, 27%. Interestingly, on the right side, what you see is that patients that met eligibility were at actually quite high risk. So uh, intentionally, as it was done with the trial, the population that was chosen for Verisugwad was really a population at a greater risk for CV death and heart failure hospitalizations and non-CV death compared to the patients that didn't meet eligibility. So it really would apply this agent to a very high-risk population. I think that's a very important and interesting finding. So the second part of the results is shown here. And here the investigators wanted to know what were the main reasons patients got excluded from uh, being eligible for Versiguat using either of those two criteria, uh, those two populations, the trial population or the, uh, the, tri- or the, uh, the guideline criteria. And what they found is that the recent heart failure hospitalization need, so the need for being hospitalized within the last six months was actually the number one criterion people got excluded. He only 50.2% of patients met that eligibility criterion. The second most common was the presence of heart failure of at least six months and the use of guideline-directed medical therapy. So that was only met in 57.6% of cases. And last but not least, you had the elevated anti-proBNP cutoff which remember in this trial was actually relatively high, that engineer was met in 76% of cases. So I think that's that's actually pretty good. Then some other criteria such as the blood pressure that couldn't be too low or the use of nitrates, which is contraindicated in the setting of Verisugwad, uh, that those were other criteria that uh, excluded an additional, you know, uh, several um, points, percent points of patients. Eligibility for Versiguat amongst patients with heart failure reduced ejection fraction was overall limited, uh, so found the investigators. And this is specifically as applied by guidelines and or the trial scenario. Then further, eligibility criteria in all scenarios successfully selected for populations at high risk for both CV and non-CV events, meaning if you qualified for this drug, you were really in trouble as a patient. I mean, your, your outcomes would be significantly worse than patients that wouldn't be actually eligible for this drug. And recent heart failure hospitalizations, so within the last six months that you had a heart failure hospitalization or chronic heart failure diagnosis with optimal medical therapies were the key criteria for ineligibility. I would like to thank you for your attention and you have a good day. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.